0: At Merida's Health, our team of providers work together to deliver coordinated care for better patient outcomes. It's another episode of Your Health Matters.
1: Many people have experienced losing their voice at some point. It may be from a cold or a respiratory illness. However, it might be caused from one of the many disorders of the vocal cords. If you have a voice change that lasts for a few weeks, you may need to consider seeing a specialist that can help you with your voice disorder. Joining the show today to discuss voice disorders and treatment options available is Marissa Yose. She's a speech and language pathologist with Meritus Health. Welcome to the show, Marissa. So what is a voice disorder and are there different types?
0: Thanks so much for having me. Um, Well, you know, I'm never more conscious about my voice than when I'm working with one of my voice therapy patients. Um, I notice my own voice dips down as I get um, later in the day. And that's one of those voice disorders. Um, People can get um, have tired voice, more back-focused, but it's really anything that's noticed um, with pitch, loudness, or quality in someone's voice. So it can range from anything from mild hoarseness to complete loss of voice. Um, it can be related to injuries from shouting, overuse, improper breathing, Parkinson's disease, strokes, or other medical and physical conditions. And we also actually treat transgender voices
1: Wow. So, I mean, we've all had laryngitis, as I said in the intro, when we're sick or something. But when you notice that hoarseness, when something somehow seems different, when is it that you go see somebody? How long do you wait?
0: You know, I would say anything that lasts longer than a month. It really shouldn't go on for that long. And the first person you should see is um, an ear, nose, and throat doctor, otolaryngologist. And they would be the ones that would make the referral for speech therapy.
1: Who's at risk for vocal cord disorders? Is it is it just people think of opera singers and such like that, but really that's not all there is?
0: Definitely. Um, you know, about 28 million workers in the U.S. experience daily voice problems, and about four to six children out of every 100 have a voice disorder. Um, so anybody can really be at, at risk, but especially those people who use their voice for a living.
1: Certainly that is true, and we're all keenly aware of that. Are there any steps that we can take before we talk about treatment options and and what an evaluation might be like? Are there steps that you like to tell people to prevent voice disorders in the first place?
0: Hydration is the most important thing you can do. Um, so you want to try to get about 60 ounces of water a day. Hydration plays an important role in the internal um hydration of vocal fold tissue and actually the external surface layer of the vocal fold tissue, Um, people can reduce their caffeine intake. Caffeine, unfortunately, is very drying, which affects the hydration. Um, Getting acid reflux under control is an important thing to do. So symptoms of acid reflux, we're all familiar with that um, heartburn sensation, but there's another kind of reflux um, that's more known as silent reflux. And it feels like a bitter taste in the back of your mouth, something kind of stuck in your throat, feeling difficulty swallowing, post-nasal drip, and that is actually the silent reflux that can eventually cause a hoarse voice. Um, People need to manage allergies. Um, Post-nasal drip, having excess mucus on your vocal cords and in your throat, makes you cough, which irritates your vocal cords. They swell up, you feel like something's there, you cough, and it's this cycle About um, that will eventually swell everything up and and give you a voice disorder. Um, It's important to try not to clear your throat or cough. Try to take water instead. um, And reducing talk time. So professional voice users like singers, teachers, religious leaders, um, people who are on the phone all day need to make sure that they're taking about 10 minutes every hour to rest their voice um, so that they're not overusing or misusing their voice.
1: And certainly moms who scream at their kids are at risk as well. (laughs) Right? I mean, because that's something that certainly does happen. Now, what's a voice evaluation like?
0: Um, So it works. Uh, We ask you some questions about your history, what you do with your voice during the day. Um, Then we measure some different aspects of your voice quality, like loudness or pitch. And then we try some different therapeutic techniques to see if any of them would be more effective than others. Um, some speech pathologists have the capability to um, view your vocal cords in the office. At Meredith, we recommend that you visit your ear, nose, and throat doctor, and they will do the visualization.
1: So what happens if you determine that someone has one of these issues, whether it's from silent reflux or if it's nodules or whatever the reason? What's vocal cord therapy like?
0: We try to coordinate your care with your regular doctor and your ear, nose, and throat doctor. Um most of my patients come for visits about once a week or once every other week for 30-minute appointments, um, six to eight weeks, and we work on different exercises, demonstrate them for you in the office, and then send you home to practice because, you know, 30 minutes a week isn't going to be enough to make major changes. You have to do a lot of the work on your own at home.
1: Marissa, are speech therapy and voice therapy the same?
0: They are both provided by speech-language Um Speech therapy works more on sounds um, and those kinds of things. And voice therapy is all about breathing, um, bringing your vocal cords together more gently, and modifying pitch, loudness, and clarity of your voice.
1: So when someone is in voice therapy... Give us a little example, because people want to know what this therapy is going to entail and what it's like. When you mention the words pitch and such like that, what are you doing with people? Are you giving them exercises? What does that sound like?
0: There are a couple different exercises. Um, The one that I use most often is called semi-obstructed vocal tract exercises, Um, and it kind of looks like you can put a straw in your mouth and kind of sing through the straw. Um so doing pitch glides, going from a low tone up to a high tone. Um and that puts your vocal folds in actually their optimum position and is a really great warm up before you're gonna go talk to someone or um, you know, be using your voice for a while. Um we do lots of what feels uncomfortable during therapy initially, but um you know, I get to know my patients pretty well and, and we can be silly together
1: those are really good. Give us one more usable tip, something that you do in therapy that people can do at home to work on their voice.
0: Easy onset. So um, visualizing, bringing your vocal folds together very gently and easily instead of harsh attacks. So saying the phrase, we eat eggs every Easter, your vocal folds come together pretty hard when you say that phrase. Visualizing bringing them together softly, we eat eggs every Easter, changes that and can be a way to um, lessen the impact of um, bringing the vocal cords together.
1: If somebody comes to see you and they've been doing therapy and their symptoms are still there, they're still hoarse, or they still have these issues, when do you tell them it's time to go see their ENT again to consider some medical treatments?
0: Um, You know, that's a good question. We try to work with the ENT, so if I'm ever questioning it, I pick up the phone and call them. Um, But probably after that initial six to eight weeks would be a good time to go back and see the doctor.
1: Is one of those kinds of treatments, and you mentioned the silent reflux, is it getting your reflux under control? It's Does so that help?
0: important, yes, to get reflux under control.
1: And how would you know? if it's a silent reflux, would your voice then go back to how it used to be? How would you know?
0: I think um, that lump in the throat sensation starts to go away. Um, Your voice should improve. Um, And with visualization, they would be able to tell, too, that it's not as red, it's not as irritated, um, those kinds of things.
1: So, Marissa, what lifestyle changes would you like to, in in summary, would you really like people to know about to protect their vocal cords and their voice and to notice any changes and what changes they should look for?
0: And most important lifestyle change is drinking enough water. Second most important would be getting your reflux under control, whether that's done with medication or diet changes. Allergies would be the third most important thing. And the red flags would be any other... Um, voice problem that you're noticing that goes for longer than a month. And I'd just like to add, um, you know, people can be really nervous about coming to voice therapy, and they really have nothing to be worried about, nothing, none of the exercises are painful, we have a lot of fun in therapy, and it can make a huge impact on the way that people live their lives.
1: Thank you so much, Marissa, for such great information, and I hope the listeners will try some of the great tips that you told us about today. You're listening to Your Health Matters with Meritus Health. For more information, please visit Meredith'sHealth.com. That's Meredith'sHealth.com. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.